Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. This is episode 81, and we have a great guest for you this week. Our guest is Sadie Dupuy of the band Speedy Ortiz. Uh, recently, Speedy Ortiz released their third album, Twerp Verse, via Car Park Records. Uh, during our interview, we talk about how they scrapped their original plans for this third album in response to things going on in society. We talk about the struggles of being a self-employed musician, and then how uh, Sadie and the band has been influenced by the world of comic books. So let's get into the interview with Sadie Dupuy of Speedy Ortiz. Yeah, cool. You guys are uh, on tour right now. Uh, you're coming to Detroit on Sunday. Um, you have a new album out called uh, Twerp First. You know, how's been the response to the new album? I think it's been good so far. Um, we're only a couple of weeks after it's released so we've just been on tour and uh but it seems like people are liking it certainly like when i see emails from the label they seem to think it's going well so that makes me think that maybe it is i read that the album that you originally tended to put out for the third album was much different than what twerp verse came to be uh why did that happen why did you scrap uh the original plans for the album we just didn't want to put it out, or it just didn't seem like a the right record anymore. We started it in 2014, and a lot had changed um, between then and the end of 2016, and it just no longer felt like it really fit with the kind of statements I wanted to be making in, in music anymore. During that time period, how did how did you change, or how did the world change in your eyes? 
I feel like everybody knows how the world changed, which is that just tickets are more visible than they were two years ago, three years ago. Um, and I think, you know, for people who are already um, politically engaged, there's more to worry about and push back against than um, for people who maybe had the privilege to not be politically engaged. Um, they're starting to care and put in effort in ways that, you know, perhaps they didn't five years ago. So, um, yeah, I just didn't feel like writing a bunch of love songs anymore. didn't really seem like it was, um, it would have been disingenuine based on what I actually care about, you know? The result, the resulting album that is a uh, twerp verse. You know, what do you want your listeners to uh, come out? You know, getting from this album based on everything you just said. Um, I think like the main hopes of the album are for people to be engaged and also to hold on to some optimism because things have seemed really bleak um, the past year and a half. And one thing that can happen when things seem bleak is that you can just disengage and give up. And I think it's really important that we not give up and that everyone's staying engaged and participating in their local elections and um, pushing, you know, their local representatives and representatives at a higher level to actually represent um, the way that they want their, you know, country run. How do you sort of, uh, outside of just you know making music, how do you sort of, sort of stay engaged in everything that's going on in society, in your locale, in the country, in the world? Sure. I mean, well, certainly, like, voting is really crucial. Um, and when I'm home, certainly, like, showing up at protests and actions and um, signing petitions and donating to the local charities that are important. I think those are all the things that any sort of engaged person uh, should be doing. But uh, as musicians, we've done a lot of um, fundraisers for different charities that we think are important or doing it right or uh, other nonprofits. So um, certainly we try to reallocate resources in that way and also to, um, you know, just the fact that everybody has social media, but some of us have a slightly larger platform than others. And I think it's important to use that platform to direct people towards the organizations and charities that are doing the right stuff. Is there any, is there any, you know, specific uh, charities and nonprofits that come to mind that you're really uh, engaged with, really like to support? Um, I mean, certainly like I really like supporting um, local charities and we've also done a number of um, fundraisers like in different cities that we're touring to. Um, but ones that really stick out to me Anything involving um, prison abolition and reform, we really like the organization Black and Pink, um, which has a few different chapters throughout the country. Um, we're also partnering with a couple of restaurants on this tour that are donating proceeds to different um, food justice organizations that are basically about um, making healthy food accessible to people who don't have the income. Um, so, yeah, really, there's so many great places, and it's a matter of, like, doing the research and knowing what your community needs. But I would say that um, prison abolition and food justice, as well as, like, accessible education are ones that are pretty important to all of us. Right. With the world, um, you know, world, so much craziness going out in the world these days, 
and with certain cities uh, going through a quote unquote revitalization, which yeah. there's always a question about where the, the local culture is going to go at that time. How important is it for people to get engaged on a local level? Um, I think it's really important. And I think also like as cities develop, um, it's important for people to be cognizant of gentrification and who's being displaced, um, especially because so many, I mean, often when like a cool art scene comes to a city that comes hand in hand with um, gentrification. So I think it's, it's so hard for me to talk about other cities politics, like without knowing the particulars of which one you're describing. But um, I do think that there's a, responsibility that comes with moving to, you know, quote unquote, developing neighborhoods, because um, what are they developing from? Like there is culture and there are people who are being displaced. And um, I think that's why it's, it's really important to support. I mean, it depends on like where you're moving to, but certainly like supporting black owned businesses is really important to me. Um, yeah. Supporting the people who've been in your neighborhood longer than you have is really, really important. And with the with the name of the album Twerp Verse, I, I've seen you uh, describe it, you know, various times on the net uh, in interviews. But uh, just for uh, for this show, you know, what exactly is a twerp verse? Um, it was just something stupid I said that I thought sounded funny. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, I I was saying it about something that was like a Lil Wayne verse, but um, I guess I like that it sort of implies like bratty speech, and I think that because of like the nature of what the songs are about, like I just told you, um, but also wanting it to have a sense of optimism. There's a lot of humor to the record, even though the, the subjects are tough and um, maybe sometimes it comes across as bratty, but I think that what's being said is still necessary. So that's kind of why we got to that title. Yeah, that's what I've always liked about you. There's always a little bit of a, of a humor in, in your music. That, um, you're, you're still talking about real things, but there's a there's a little bit of a humor to it. And I think that makes it a little bit more accessible, a little bit more fun to hear, even though, you know, you might be hearing about some, you know, some real shit, you know, yeah, it's it... sugar pill. <laughs> right. Why was it so important for you to sort of, is, it, is that just your character coming out on the record? Why is it important to sort of uh, present it that way? Um, I, sorry, there's some like, confusing stuff going on in the band. Uh, I think that's just my writing style and always has been. Um, and I think part of that is like being socialized to deflect when you're talking about um, stuff that might not always be easy for other people to swallow. Um, especially like I think sometimes women are socialized to like use humor or to sound appeasing when we're talking about things that matter. But also just it's, uh, for the same reason I said, I think it's Sometimes when stuff looks super bleak, um, it can become easy to just disengage and to say, like, oh, I need to, like, self-care by, like, watching SVU for 30 hours. Um, so I think sometimes, like, giving an important message with humor just makes it um, easier to connect to. And certainly, like, I mean, for the same reason that, like, John Oliver is super popular. Right. Yeah, you just mentioned, like, you know, there is an idea that's, that exists that... Um, with women, they might, you know, need to present it in a way, you know, from a socialized standpoint to make it easier to swallow. Do you ever, do you ever sort of struggle with, you know, feeling like you have to present something in a certain way because you are a woman? 
Um, I feel like I push really hard to not listen to that that kind of to undo the like gendered upbringing. Um, but there are certainly times that I mean I think everybody slips into some of that stuff sometimes. Um, and especially like uh, I think the song on the record "You Hate the Title" is sort of about that in a way um, about people who you know can acknowledge someone's message but like quibble with the the tone or the way in which it was spoken. Um, so that, yeah, I think that, you know, your tone shouldn't be the determining factor in whether or not your message gets heard. Um, but I do like to, to have fun with humor. So right. if that helps, then great. When you, when you sort of look back as, you know, the career of, of the band Speedy Ortiz, where you're at now, where you came from, you know, what sort of uh, pops out on your mind in regards to the progression that you've uh, gone through? Um, I mean, it's just, it started as like, just like a hobby band. And just because I had these songs and wanted to play with some other friends. And um, we just did it because we liked playing. And it's interesting to watch that transform into your main job. Um, but it's still very much that for me, like, enjoying writing music and like enjoying the people I get to play it with and um, getting to do that on the road. So in, in some ways, like it hasn't changed, but certainly like um, the subject matter, I think has gone, has gotten much less um, interior. Cause when I first started writing, I was just writing these songs for like my friends to hear. Um, and it was like, Oh, like this horrible breakup. Like, let me go deep on this guy. And now I don't really care about that kind of stuff so much. And it's more um, the same thing I said before, like recognizing that we do have some platform and that there are more important things to talk about. And um, if people are going to be listening to us anyway, I'd rather them uh, listen to something positive that maybe gets them to think about their choices in their life in a different way or um, just feel better about the, the stuff that we all get put through. Is there anything that you miss about the times when you were first starting the band? It was just almost like a hobby. Is there anything that you missed about that time? Yeah, I miss having a day job and an office and a desk. And I feel like that sounds sarcastic, but I really like all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, that's an interesting... I have so many staplers, so many pens. <laughs> that is an interesting take because most people are trying to get out of their day jobs. I know. I like truly hate being self-employed and I'm not good at it. And I used to be a freelancer and was like, never again. Like, let me get this job and hold on to it for the rest of my life. And it's so funny that now I am self-employed again. But I mean, I love getting to play music on the road and being a touring musician. I wouldn't really trade that for anything. And it's such a rare experience that like so many of my friends um, who do tour, but like don't get to do it as their like full-time thing. So I have no no regret, but I did really like having a desk. <laughs> my <laughs> desk with like my drawers, <laughs> my file organizers. How do you sort of like balance all of that? If you're if it's something that you were like not really comfortable about doing, how do you sort of weigh those waters of being self-employed when you really sort of enjoy that security of having a regular job? I mean, to be fair, we get a ton of help. We have we're lucky to have a record label. And we have, you know, publicists, we have booking agents, we have, uh, it's very different from when we started when it was like totally DIY. And every member of the band 
takes on some aspect of the work. So, like, while I am technically self-employed, like, I'm in tandem self-employed with, like, my three bandmates and um, the team that supports us. So it's way less work than having to, like, do everything as a freelancer. I mean, it's still a lot of work, but it's a different kind of work. How do you go about, you know, with your other band members, you know, going about sort of being a cohesive unit to uh, be able to, you know, get shit done on a regular basis, be able to tour properly or get the album done? You know, what goes into making sure everything gets done? Um, a lot of, like, keeping a list, <laughs> to-do list. Um, sorry, everyone in the van is really excitedly chatting because we're on our way to a restaurant. We just found out that Miley Cyrus is at the restaurant. So to be totally honest, I missed your question because everyone's freaking out because Miley Cyrus is at the restaurant we're going to. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'd be Um, excited too. (laughs) But I think you were asking me how we get shit done. Yeah. Um, I think like it's some combination of things like any one of us will have an idea of something we want to accomplish and maybe we'll like chat it out together to figure out how to make that happen. Um, sometimes stuff just comes to us by chance. Like we did a thing um, this month. We're going to be in an issue of the Archies from like Archie comics. Oh, hell yeah. And that just kind of fell into our lap from like Twitter. Um, or sometimes it'll be like, we, we did a collaboration with um, Jaime Hernandez, who's the artist who made, um, Eleven Rockets, who created the character Speedy Ortiz that we're named after, and we were like, it would be really cool if we did some art with Jaime on this record. So he did a portrait of the band that's um, on a billboard now. So like, it's any combination of things. Just one of us will have an idea of something that would be cool for the band to do, and um, we'll tease through different options to see if it's possible. And sometimes it's not, and if it is, then that's awesome. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, like I, I knew that the uh, the band was named after a character from Love and Rockets, and then you were able to get the artists who you know worked on that. How did that feel yeah. to like for that to happen? It's really cool, um, especially because those comics were super meaningful to me. Still are, but while I was um, first starting this project, I was rereading a lot of those comics, and um, they kind of got me through some some very difficult moments. So it's big honor to even be in touch with Jaime, much less to have him draw something for the band, much less having it be our likenesses that um, is now on a billboard. So it was, it's very surreal. Um, but we would never have known if we hadn't thought to ask. So it's cool when stuff like that comes together. Yeah, a lot of my guests that I've had recently on the podcast have been uh, comic book authors from around the Midwest. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Um, Who did you get? Um, there's a... Uh, I've had... Uh, Stephanie Menard, uh, Casey Pierce, um, cool, and then um, Victor Dangerous Jr. He was just on okay. last last week's. Um, yeah, I just started kind of going to comic cons recently. Um, once um, um, there's this a rap group, uh, Twisted. Did you ever hear of them? Yeah, I Twisted. Yeah, they they started this uh, um, pop culture convention uh, uh, this um, this past February called Astronomicon. That was the first one that oh, cool. I went to, and I met a lot of the, you know, the artists on, in Artist Alley, and I was like, hey, uh, we should just do an episode of the podcast. I really like talking with you, and uh, it was cool to sort of uh, get in touch with, uh, and, and kind of like break down like what their creativity comes from. In, in yeah, many, totally. Yeah, many times it's, uh, it's, you know, really similar to, you know, the musicians, a lot of the stuff that they go through. You know, what was, you know... 
like growing up li- um, reading something like Love and Rockets or, or whatever else, if you were reading anything else, what, you know, what did you get out of those uh, comic books? Um, well, I was just like a total loser when I was a little kid. I mean, I probably still am as an adult, but I... Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I started, I mean, I started reading Archie comics when I was young, and like Mad Magazine and stuff like that, because um, my mom would just pick them up for me from the newsstand. Right. But as I got into like middle school, I was really into manga and um, basically just like read comics and didn't have friends. And I thought, and my mom is a, an artist, um, and I just thought I was going to make comics and that was going to be my life. And as I got older, I'm like... Well, I'm not actually really that good at drawing, um, but I, I've always read comics and really um, appreciated them and uh, been lucky to make friends with a lot of my favorite comic book artists, like um, Michael DeForge is a really close friend of the band, and he was already one of my favorite graphic novelists before that. But um, yeah, like when I was first, my band prior to Speedy, um, I just like didn't know ever like what to write songs about because um, I just had this like kind of boring life and I would just write songs about comics I liked so we did a whole EP that was about the Charles Burns book Black Hole um, we did one that was about From Hell and um, yeah I just I, I, I'm I a big fan I don't know <laughs> right growing up I was I, was, I really wasn't much of a uh, comic book person to the past couple of years um, but funny that you say Mad Magazine because I, I might I may have grown out of it by now. But when I was growing up, I looked just like Alfred E. Newman. Oh my God! Like and, you get to use and everybody used to say it. Like oh, <laughs> so funny. Until one day, my mom actually bought me a T-shirt that had a huge Alfred E. Newman face on it. So I just sort of like wore it and was just like embraced it. That's really funny. Sometimes you gotta just embrace it. <laughs> right. Looking um looking at like all the the cover artwork that's been for the Speedy Ortiz uh releases, um, is it influenced from the comic book book world? Uh you know, it's a lot of a lot of, you know, sort of uh drawings and stuff like that. You know, where's it where's the sort of inspiration for all the cover artwork? Yeah, I mean it comes from different places, but I think that you know, my primary, like, background when I was making art as a kid was liking to draw comics, so I think my style is very much um, sort of cartoony, uh, and that plays into what I make with the artwork. But I also really like working with um, mixed media, so I do a lot of, like, sewing and embroidering and um, painting different things into the canvas. So especially on this record, there's a bunch of, like, weird objects that are just painted in whether that's like incense or matches or string twine, whatever. Um, So it's some combination of like my own drawing skills being, I wouldn't say limited because I love, um, I wouldn't say limited to to comic style because I love comics and some of my favorite artists like Jaime Hernandez work primarily as graphic novelists, but I'm not really great at um, doing anything beyond that. So I think it's some combination of comics fandom plus like mixed media and, and like I said, my mom is a, um, an artist and a painter, so I, much, most of what I know, I know just from watching her when I was a, a kid. Would you ever want to or even have plans to have, like, an official Speedy Ortiz comic book? Um, that would be pretty cool. I don't, what would it be about, though? We're so boring. We just, like, go to Whole Foods and then, like, 
get excited about Miley Cyrus. Like, um, that would be it. No, there's a lot of people who just have <laughs> lives like that, and it would connect to them. Throw some little little humor into it. You know, it will be like Seinfeld or something. I don't know. Well, we've done like um, – I mean, I'm just going to talk about comic artists now. Um, we did we, – so Michael DeForge, who I mentioned before, did a comic for us on the last record because I was like, oh, press releases are so boring. Like, what if we just got Michael to make a weird fictional sci-fi comic instead of a press release? So he made one that was about speedier cheese in the year, like 2038 or something. Um, and we have that. We, we sell that on, like, a tote bag, but it was a really cool piece we did. And then um, – on this record, the music writer Charles Aaron, who'd been the um, music editor at Spin Forever, did uh, this like really weird bio of us. But we wound up not the label couldn't use it for our like traditional bio. But we were like, what if we got um, an artist to make a comic with this bio? So Kathy Johnson, who's another um, comic artist I like, who does a lot of stuff with like graphite and pencils and charcoal and stuff did a, a comic with um, Charles Peck, so we have that as well. We've done, like, two, like, short-run, like, speedier keys, like, one-sheet comics. Um, so maybe if we just keep doing that every time a record comes out, we'll have a full comic at some point. <laughs> right, right, right. You were just speaking about all the sort of uh, mixed-media stuff that you like to do also uh, in conjunction with the band. Is, is that something you would like to pursue to, uh, to pursue more in public and have like sort of uh, other avenues to do certain things like that? Um, I feel like working on art. I don't have a ton of time because I'm on the road so much and it really depends on like being at home and having access to my materials. But um, I do love working on art and I, uh, like my mom, like I said, has been an artist and I always worked on projects sort of with her, but I never really took it seriously. And then, um, I had some weird issue the last uh, semester when I was in college where I had technically graduated and finished everything that I needed to do, um, but there was a residency requirement and they required me to enroll for one more semester even though I had finished my credits for my degree, which is basically a weird cash grab thing. Yeah. Um, colleges are, you know, I'm very thankful that I went to college, and uh, but, uh, you know, they really want your money. Um, <laughs> So I had to take like a low enrollment semester just to satisfy this residency requirement. And I just took like piano lessons, like painting class and like independent study poetry. Um, so it was great. And, and I took a painting class at the studio and it was the first time I was ever like, Oh, I actually like really enjoy having the mental space to work on these projects. So the only time I ever really get to is when Speedy has artwork, but sometimes I've been commissioned for other things like, um, show posters or like other friends album artwork and it's really fun for me so i would definitely do more but it's again like the the perils of being like semi self-employed the band stuff takes up so much of my time that i don't really get a lot of time to dedicate to artistic projects so when we do album um when we do album art i get really into it and i spend a lot of time on it it's like every two years i get to do that <laughs> right how do you sort of like, uh, you know, keep things together when you're touring? You know, how do you, you know, keep your, you know, mental health in check or your just health in general in check when you're touring and got so much stuff to do with the band? Um, I think part of it is just trying to cling to any routine that's available to you on the road. Um, certainly, I mean, we all have our own things that we do, whether that's like, like Andy's really into stretching right now. Um, 
you know, just making sure that you can have some routine, whether that's following, you know, a dietary thing that makes you feel healthy or carving some time out to take a walk by yourself. Personally, I like to just like read in the van all day and kind of feel like I'm in my own space because I um, am used to being at home and like not seeing a lot of people. So the tour can be a little overwhelming because there's so much um, of a social aspect to it. Yeah. Just like seeing people every day. Um, so we all have our own different things that we do, whether that's just like, you know, watching movies in the van or reading or taking walks. But it's also been a long time of doing this full time. So we sort of know the routine at this point. No, as you know, as as a band that's, you know, been doing, uh, you know, doing this band for so long and is now, you know, like you said, you're like self-employed, but you do have people around to help you. You know, what advice would you have for, you know, up and coming bands that are sort of on the same road that you are? I think it's really important to start out doing it yourself. Um, we spent the first few years of the band self-booking everything, like self-promoting everything. Um, and it gave me a sense of like how much work is required and also like what I, what I like to happen and what I don't. And I think, you know, we, we also had, um, we did everything DIY for a few years. We had a manager for a couple years. We had a couple years without a manager. We have a manager again. And in the two years intervening where basically I was the manager, I now have a sense of like what I like to happen and what I don't. And it allows me to, I don't know, just be knowledgeable of um, what everyone's role is and whether I'm happy with what they're doing. And uh, I think that sometimes it's really easy for a young band. Like when our first record came out, it would have been very easy to, to have a manager right then. Um, but maybe we would have made decisions we didn't understand uh, had that happened. And I think just being able to do some work in every arena of your job, whether that's like knowing how to book a show so that when you're booking agents to do it, you can know what you're happy with and what you're not happy with, or um, knowing what a press release should look like so that when publicist sends you one to approve, you can be like, I'm happy with this, or just even reading up on the different outlets that you're being pitched to so that you don't wind up um, collaborating with someone whose maybe values you don't agree with. Uh, I just think it's important to have some knowledge of, of, of your career, basically. So I, I'm a big proponent of even if you, even if it grows outside of the realms of like being able to stay DIY, uh, I think it's so so important to start that way, just so you have a sense of what's going on. Because it's really easy for musicians to get screwed, honestly. What is it about your your story and about the story of the band that if somebody who you know not necessarily is familiar with your band or the type of music that you do would still be able to latch onto and learn from? Um, I mean, I don't even think our story is very remarkable. We're just like, I mean, we're very um, privileged to have been able to, like, learn instruments and play in a band and, like, be able to tour. Um, but I think, like, the thing that I'm proud of us for doing, not so much just, like, being in a band and touring, which isn't too hard, but I think we've been able to, the same stuff I said before, like, pay a lot of it forward by... Um, either like doing different fundraisers or we did a whole nonprofit tour and um, gave all the proceeds to an organization we believed in and um, we've tried to be really conscientious about our hiring and like what bands we bring on tour and um, 
I don't know, just working to like make music a little bit more inclusive, um, which it often isn't. So I think that that's something that um, regardless of someone's career, like whether they're in music or another field, um, I think it's really important to recognize the privileges you do have and use those to try to redistribute those so that um, your field can be more inclusive. So even if you hate rock music, that's still something you should do in like your insurance job or whatever. Just <laughs> yeah, just to uh, you wind down this uh, podcast. I usually end um, all my interviews with the same question, and the same and that question is, uh, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview for the podcast that would have some good stories to tell? You should interview Charles Aaron, honestly. The guy I was talking about who was the um, music editor at Spin Forever, he is, like, one of the most interesting people I've ever met and just such a thoughtful um, person who's really just, I mean, really knowledgeable about um, music, obviously, but also about so many of the uh, other factors that play into music, whether that's, like, race or gender, um, regionality. He's just wonderful. And... um, like a fun aside is that I was his intern like 10 years ago and he basically saved my life by hiring me to do some, um, some like freelance work for him when I was working at a, like a law firm and it was like the most soul crushing job I ever had. So Charles literally saved my life by hiring me and he is one of the most genius writers and uh, people that we know. So Charles Aaron is my recommendation. All right. Thanks. Good, good suggestion. Um, Cool. If anybody uh, wants to uh, find out more information about Speedy Ortiz or anything that you're doing, where can they go online? Just speedyortiz.com. Cool. And everything will be there. Website. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, it was great talking with you. And uh, I'll definitely cool. come say hi to you on Sunday when you're in Detroit. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in a couple days then. All right, great. Uh, be safe on okay. tour. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was my interview with Sadie Dupuy of the band Speedy Ortiz. They're going to be in Detroit on Sunday, May 13th. So I'm definitely going to go check them out. And now on to the fresh of the word, fresh pick of the week. This week's pick is the new album from Detroit hip-hop artist Chris Oreck, titled Portraits. Oreck, formerly known as Red Pill, already has a great catalog of work. But he really outdid himself with Portraits. And he really is a voice of that blue-collar, everyday working person in our society. Uh, through the production of the likes of Nolan and Ninja, Anra, Apollo Brown, and a few others, you know, Chris Orlick was able to literally, through his well-articulated words, paint these stripped-down portraits of who he is and what he believes in through each song on Portraits. So definitely go check out the new album, Portraits from Chris Oreck. It will all be linked up in the show notes. Before we get out of here, I definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to the website, freshesthepodcast.com, and just share any links from the website on your social media. You can also subscribe to Fresh of the Word on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just search Fresh of the Word, and it'll pop up. Please definitely leave a review and a rating on any of those uh, platforms. 
you uh, if I see that that there's a uh, review, I'll definitely definitely read it on a future episode. If you want to follow me online, you can go on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh, and I'm on Facebook at facebook.com/kfresh. Fresh is the word uh, you can follow on Twitter at FITW Podcast and on Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast, and on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Fresh is the Word Podcast. Thanks again for listening to Fresh is the Word. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the Word.